Hello, hello, and welcome back to Organic Gardening for Beginners. My name is Jessica from the blog Homegrown Food and Flowers, and this show is here to help you get started with your first, second, third, or beyond garden, mixing together your flowers, your veggies, your herbs, avoiding overwhelm, and having the best garden of the year. Today we are talking about how to get your garden winter ready. And even though it's September, you don't need to to get it winter ready yet, but it's nice to have these ideas kind of in the back of your mind so that you know if you need to buy any equipment or tools, what to plan ahead for, what you can still squeeze in this month, and just to kind of know what's coming down the pipe. So today you will be able to find a few different ideas, a few different action steps that you can put into play in your garden to get it ready for the winter season. Alrighty, so first up on our list is to tidy up your garden. And if you listened to last week when I talked about the summer slowdown in your flower garden and what to do with your flowers, this idea is very, very similar. And so I'll give a a brief overview. And if you didn't listen to last week, then cue that one up next. But basically, you are going to just tidy up your garden in the most um, minimal way possible. And by that, I mean, I am a big fan of leaving as many plants behind to provide food for the birds, the bugs, the wildlife that is still going to be out and about during the wintertime. In particular, this means flowers because they'll have produced seed heads that the birds uh, can come by and eat. But it can also mean like vines like your cucumber or your zucchini or even your tomatoes for that matter can still serve purpose in the garden even after you are done harvesting from them as wildlife such as birds, squirrels, probably even frogs come to eat what has left behind, especially the insides of those juicier fruits like zucchini or cucumber. They'll get in there, they'll eat it all, like I said, even the birds. So leaving behind as much as you can is how I prefer to work it. Um, And then you can also overwinter more plants than you might think. So in particular, perennial flowers like black-eyed Susans and coneflowers, those are kind of gimmies because they're perennials and so most people know to leave those behind. But there are veggies like peppers and tomatoes that are actually perennials in warm enough climates. Now, if you're in zone three, four, five, and you get a huge pile of snow every winter, then unless you bring it indoors, then no, you probably can't uh, overwinter peppers, tomatoes, you know, nightshades like that. However, when I lived in Southern California, I had a tomato plant that lived for two years. It overwintered, and then I had tomatoes ripening in May the next year. It was amazing because the plant didn't need to take any time to establish its roots, grow the vines, and it could just immediately go into fruit production. It was awesome. And you can also do the same thing with peppers, where you cut back a lot of the stems and leaves that produced fruit this current year. And as long as you have the main stem and a few little bitty leaves that you'll you'll see at like the center of the plant, then the plant just goes dormant and it will again produce new leaves, new stems, new fruits next spring. Sometimes people like to dig up their peppers and bring them inside into say like a protected uh, patio or porch or even in their garage, even though it's dark because they are just kind of hibernating. Um, then they will survive as long as you keep them watered with just a little bit of water just to keep the soil moist. You definitely don't want to waterlog them over the winter. 
So when you are going out into your fall garden and starting the, I'm doing air quotes, cleanup project, leave behind the flowers that you can, leave behind vegetables that might be perennials that you can harvest from next year. And then after that, you can either leave still everything behind and clean it up in the spring, or you can uh, just cut off your big plants at the soil line, leaving the roots behind. And again, I talked about this a lot last week, where the reason why you would want to leave the roots in the soil is because they're going to break down over the winter and add to the organic matter and the fertility of your soil. They're going to provide food for the worms and all of those microorganisms in the soil over the winter. So it's like making compost in place on your garden bed. Um, if you need to pull them out, then pull them out, shake off the root ball, keep the dirt in the garden and toss them in your compost pile. So that way you have removed the plants that are done and you can move on to your next step, which is to make sure you have your dirt or your soil covered over the winter. You definitely don't want to leave bare soil over the whole winter because you'll have rain and snow and wind on it all season, which is going to cause erosion as your soil washes away in the rainstorms. And the same with if you have any windstorms over the winter time. And also, again, mentioned last week, you are leaving your whole bed, your whole garden bed open to being covered in weeds as soon as spring hits and before you have planted out your spring crop. So by putting down a layer of mulch, of wood chips, uh, leaves, grass clippings, if you still have anything going, I don't know, my grass isn't growing much at this point in the year, uh, you can, or even cardboard, honestly, I would even use cardboard just to cover up the soil so that it's not a a weed-ready bed for uh, everything out there since there aren't any plants to protect it. For the plants that you do leave behind, whether you're leaving the, the seed heads for the birds or maybe you have a perennial plant, you might want to think of how to protect some of your more tender plants that you are hoping to leave out over winter. This can apply to your veggie crops that you've started this fall that you were wanting to overwinter for harvest next spring. It can apply to fruit trees, and it can also apply to tender perennials that you were hoping to get through the winter. And so this can, there are many ways that you can protect these plants. So we've talked a lot about using low tunnels, row covers, and cold frames known as season extension methods in order to keep the rain, the frost, the snow off of your plants. But you can also do kind of shelter in place type of protection. And by that, I mean, you can mulch certain plants really heavily and hope that it will help keep the soil from freezing so heavily, or it will keep the the frost directly off of your plant leaves. So picture your potted plant and then you would fill a trash bag, like a plastic trash bag, with leaves, and then you can just stack it around the pot, kind of like making a little pillow fort around it. And that is going to provide some insulation for your potted plants. If your weather is going crazy, then you can even stack loose leaves up over the plant itself. And then once the temperatures or the the frost, whatever this inclement weather is, has passed, then you can take the leaves away. So you don't want to leave it buried for forever because it needs to get the light, obviously, but it can work in a pinch to keep 
those extreme temperatures off your plants. And if you are taking divisions from your perennials or like cuttings from herbs or things like that, that you're overwintering outside, you can do the same thing by just basically piling leaves on top of it to get you through the a, a short period of extreme weather. This won't work all winter where it acts like a leaf blanket pretty much to protect your plants. And then once that weather has passed, then you uncover them again. So, I mean, kind of think about the insulation in your home. You know, you're looking for something light, something fluffy that traps air that can be a little bit warmer. And so that's what these leaves are doing or the bags of leaves, depending on what you use. And I have to know, because I just learned this, I watched a YouTube video from a channel called Next Level Gardening. The guy, I forget his name right now, if I'm honest, he has tons of gardening experience. I always learn something from him, even as a experienced gardener myself. And he was talking about how he has fruit trees that he needs to protect now and again. And he uses a almost like a really, really big breathable bag that he puts over the plant, but then he wraps incandescent Christmas lights around it to bring the temperature up just a couple of of degrees, which can be the difference between getting frost damage or not for a a plant such as like a fig tree up here in the Pacific Northwest, if I needed to give it a little more protection, or if I was trying to grow citrus, um, then I could try this in the wintertime if I didn't have another way to protect it. So it was a pretty cool little method. Um, and, uh, And so I will leave that video in the show notes in case you want to check it out too. And that just reminded me, you could also use bubble wrap around your potted plants just like the um, the bags of leaves, it acts as an insulation around your potted plant. So just another idea. Okay, so jumping over to garden infrastructure. By that, that can mean the structures that I had already mentioned, such as lo- using low tunnels, cold frames, and row covers. I'm not going to use, or I'm not going to talk about that too much because I've brought it up in several past episodes, but that is a way to get your garden winter ready, to have all of those structures in place So that when the temperatures drop, you already have a plan. You don't need to then go out shopping or building or, you know, finding these resources and you have everything ready to go already. So make sure that if you want it, you've got your supplies for that season extension structure already on site. Other garden infrastructure that you should think about going into winter are taking down trellises that you either don't need or don't want to leave up in case you say you live in a treed area where branches fall down and you don't want anything to break. You might want to secure the trellises that you do leave or arbors in case you get windstorms in the wintertime. Draining and storing your hoses is a very important thing to do if you live in a cold climate or you just move to a cold climate and this is new to you. Because if there is water left behind in your hoses that freezes and expands, then it can uh, cause your hose to get a hole in it. So obviously it won't work so well next spring and you'll have to fix it. Also, storing your tools out of rainy, wet weather. I am very, very bad about this. I constantly forget some tool or other, especially clippers. I don't know why it's always clippers. I forget them out in the garden. I find them in the spring completely covered in rust and really clumsy to use. You can clean them. You can bring them back to life. But I wish I would learn the lesson to just save myself the hassle and bring them inside over the winter when I know I'm not going to use them very much anymore. Another way, the fourth way, actually, I should have been numbering these. Sorry, we're on number four, is working on your soil. 
working on your soil before winter hits is amazing and it will really get you ahead of the game next spring. And I don't till, so I'm not going to talk about that. But what I do instead is I use a no dig or no till method, which kind of it's a little bit of a fine line for me because primarily I use raised beds. But when I do grow in ground, I just I use mainly lasagna Uh, composting or like a sheet composting method where you lay down cardboard to smother the grass that you're planting on top of. And then you layer organic matter such as old straw or chicken bedding, compost from like your kitchen, like your kitchen scraps, compost that you maybe have bought or you've been building on site. Wood chips is another really great thing to put down on a lower level that's going to break down more slowly. And what this does is it builds up your bed in they used to call it the lazy gardening method, where as you build up these layers, they're just going to break down over the winter time, and you don't have to be super active about it. So it's instead of tilling and amending the the native soil, you're just building on top of it. And eventually worms and soil micro, microorganisms and just the natural movement of the dirt through um, planting and through the plant roots, things will get mixed up and mix those layers, but you don't have to do it yourself. So your soil can always benefit from being built up in the fall, whether you're building a new raised bed, you are putting down a lasagna composting method or a lasagna bed, or you are trying something like a cover crop. And I'm actually trying cover crops for the first time this winter. We have moved around so much and I've always gardened in smaller areas that I've never given space to a cover crop. But now on two acres, we have plenty of room. And so I bought eight different kinds of cover crops because I want to try them out and see which ones work best for my purposes and my climate. Once I've got some experience with them, I will definitely do an episode or two all about it. But for right now, I am no pro at cover crops. So there are a ton of really good resources out there. In particular, the High Mowing Seed Company has a ton of information on their website about cover crops. Johnny Select Seeds does as well. So there are plenty of resources that you can learn from in the meantime, if you're interested in giving cover crops a chance as well. And then finally, number five on this list is to honestly start thinking about next year. And while it might seem early to be thinking about next year when you are pretty much ending this season, it's really the perfect time because all of your mistakes, your successes, your modifications that you want to try, they're all fresh in your mind. And I have been talking in previous episodes about making sure that you are keeping good garden records. And this is part of why, because you're going to want to turn around and put it into a plan for this next season. So you're going to think about things like your plant and variety selection, how you want to lay out your garden, your planting schedules, what worked this year, and how do you want to plan ahead for next year. So if you had a bed, a garden bed that was overflowing with tomatoes, just going crazy and wild, then maybe you were going to start planning what kind of a trellis you want to make. Or if you had two crops growing together and one shaded out the other, then partially make note of that, but then use it to actually plan and prepare for next year by figuring out how you can separate those plants. How can you grow them 
in your garden without growing them next to each other or creating the same situation for yourself of a tall crop next to a short one where the shorter one didn't succeed because it wasn't getting enough sunlight. So thinking ahead to how you want to lay out your garden is an awesome winter task. And honestly, once winter starts to drag on and on, it's a really fun task because it can give you hope. It can give you inspiration, motivation to get through what seems like a never ending winter. And even though we were gone from the Pacific Northwest for 10 years, believe me, I remember very, very well the dreary, never going to end rainy, dark weather that we get up here that I'm not looking forward to, that uh, you know, any gardening related thing that you can do to kind of escape that is awesome, especially once February, March rolls around and it's still crappy outside you are jumping out of your seat to plan your garden and get going. So use your time to plan for spring. Get your garden winter ready with all of the things we have just talked about, from cleaning it up but leaving behind as much as you can. Protect your plants, whether that is in pots or by putting in a small infrastructure like a low tunnel. Build your soil as much as you can with mul excuse me, with mulching, with cover cropping, or with adding compost like a top dressing. And then like I had just said, start your garden planning for next year. There are tons of ways that you can keep growing over the winter. And I am actually going to give you six ideas in next week's episode of how to bring your garden inside even when your summer season is over. And I hope I will see you there. Bye.